Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Chronic Hope Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to giving information, tools, and techniques to those who are parenting the addicted child. If you're just joining us for the first time and you've never engaged in our content before, we want to say hello. We want to know you stopped by. Put your name in the comments. And today we've got a great topic that is focused on you, the family member. And we're going to talk about how do I support my family member's recovery? And the best person to talk about this today is my co-host to the side over here, uh, Mr. Kevin Peterson. Kevin, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to anybody that might not know you? Hey, thanks, Danny. Good morning. It's good to see you, buddy. Uh, my name is Kevin Peterson. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist uh, in the state of Colorado and in the state of Florida. I am the owner of Peterson Family Counseling in uh, the state of Florida and the state of Colorado. And I'm also the primary and the owner in the Chronic Hope Institute and an author of Chronic Hope, Parenting the Addicted Child. Yes, you've been in the industry for quite some time. You've helped family members before, during, and after treatment really support their, their family members going through treatment. Um, but before we move forward, if you are wanting to find more, if you enjoy today's content so much and you want to figure out where you can get more content, I'm going to encourage you to go to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Visit, uh, type in the Chronic Hope Institute and you can subscribe to that channel right there. That way you're not going to miss on any content that's going on and you can watch past episodes that we've done with content to support you through what you're going through with your family member. Um, Deb Suggs, welcome today to the broadcast. We hope you learned something. And if you have any questions, this is a fully interactive live podcast. This isn't podcast where you just listen to it later. If you join us live and let us know if you have questions, we're going to help you out. So Kev, um, yeah. all the content that we do is about before, during, and after. Talk about the whole treatment modality and then talk about where we're going to focus on today. Sure. Well, in the world of family case management, um, which by the way, I also want to be clear that, that you, know, um, we're, you know, the title Parenting the Addicted Child, your child can be 36, 46, 56. You can be married to your child. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to be a 14-year-old, okay? Don't, don't get caught up in that. Um, when we look at the spectrum of family case management, where we start is before treatment. That's when the family comes to me and says, oh, my God, help. What do we do? And what I do is help them lay out a plan. We call it plan A. Plan A is boundaries, accountability, and structure. We look at drugs and alcohol. We look at work or school, depending on what the person does. And then we look at behavior within the structure of the family. And we hold them accountable for all three categories. And and if they can if they can conform to that and and knock off the poor behavior around the drugs the alcohol get supporting financially or do their school and then become a you know a positive member of the family then we just you know do some therapy and move forward and everything's great but if they can't then we go to plan b and plan b is you know intervention and treatment and we pick a treatment center in my book chronic hope parenting the addicted child we outline that entire process. We lay out questions to ask. We go through that whole thing, okay? There's worksheets. There's everything you need. Then we get to the second phase, which is during treatment. So what we're going to say now is that we've picked a treatment center. We've, we've, we've done, we've, our, our family member has either gone voluntarily or involuntarily. They're in treatment. And the question that I always get from families is, okay, 
you know, we've, we've put, I put my husband into treatment. Now what? And, and that's where we are, Danny. That's where we are right now. Yeah. So let's focus on that. So you might be anywhere in this continuum and we want you to know you're welcome because you're going to learn a lot of this stuff anyway. But this is when your family member goes into treatment and now you've got time. You've got time to do some stuff, to do some work. You've, the treatment center has your, your loved one. Oftentimes, Kev, we see people that are a little too involved in treatment. Uh, I often see you say, hey, let the treatment center do their work. Um, but here are some things that you can do on your own. And the first thing that you're going to say is get into your own recovery, right? Talk Absolutely. about getting into your own recovery. Absolutely. That's always priority number one. When the family says, so how do I best support my family member? A lot of times what the family means, and I don't mean this critically, what they really, what they're used to is the family is used to running the addict's life. So they're like, okay, well now that they're sober, how do I run their life now? And the answer is you don't. They're in the hands of the professionals. Let the people at the treatment program handle them and take care of them. This is a chance for you to take a deep breath, take a step back. Uh, what I hear a lot of times from families is this is the first time that the house has felt safe. It's the first time it hasn't been chaotic. There's not drama all over the place. It's not like a volcano is blowing 24 seven and they just, you know, everybody can sleep. Everything's back to normal. And they're like, cool, everything's groovy. And now what? And the thing I always say is, let's get into your own recovery. So the question then becomes, what does that mean? And, and you know, what I, what I like to tell them, the first thing I like to tell them is, um, I want you to start getting educated on addiction and codependency. There you go. Yeah, this is important. There, there. This is a, a deep world. We've both been in it for quite some time. There, mm -hmm. There's a lot more than going on than... I just want to party. And there's a lot more that's going on from a loved one's perspective of, uh, I just want that person to quit. And that's all I need to do. Cause we often see when you're talking about getting these help and creating these boundaries and stuff like that, we see family members that are unwell as, as well, right? They've had years of, of really helping this person to the point where we see some of the most influential people in our, our industry talk about when their family finally said enough, when they finally created the boundaries, isn't that when we finally start to see these breakthroughs? Yeah, absolutely. It's exactly what happens. In my personal experience, when I was 27 years old, and my parents and my, and my sisters said, that's it, you're out, and we're done. You know, and when we mean done, we mean done, and we're not, we're not taking you back until you change in these categories and your lifestyle changes. And what, uh, you know, what they had done is gotten, sought out some help. They'd sought out some therapy. They'd sought out some education. And the, the advice they got was basically hold them accountable and tell them that until he's willing to change, the answer is no. So powerful. Then this is really, it's a great question because here's the genesis of the program that I believe in. So then my dad was like, you know, you're out, no, you, know, you can't come back, et cetera, et cetera. And he held his ground. And so I called and said, okay, well, what do I got to do to get back in the family? And they were like, well, you got to clean up the drugs and the alcohol. And we want you to start going to therapy with your dad. Um, and so what ended up happening and cause so how does that tie into what we're talking about? What ended up happening was it turned out that my entire family was all seeking their own individual help. Oh, wow. Know? Okay. So, so happy families come from happy individuals, you know, happy individuals work on their own stuff. You know, Got it. they don't, they don't look at one member of the family and say, it's all your fault. Well, they do do that actually, but they, they, they say, you know, it's all your fault. And if we can just fix you, everything will be okay. And the problem is that's just not the case. 
you know, it's that that person in the family that's the identified client that is struggling with drugs or alcohol or gambling or porn or food or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. They're the most glaring example of the entire family system, you know, and the entire family system has to heal in order to support that person's recovery as well. So again, how do, what does that mean? What does that mean? You know, what it means is getting educated. And so when I say getting educated, I mean, reading my book, mm-hmm. you know, Chronic Hope. Um, I believe firmly in this movie called Pleasure Unwoven by Kevin McCauley. It's a documentary and, you know, it's a personal journey about addiction. Um, Kevin McCauley's a doctor and he talks about his own recovery and he does an exceptional job of explaining the medical and biological and mental sides of addiction. And a lot of times I'll have families watch this and they're like, oh, now I get it. He's actually different than I am. Mm -hmm. I'm like, right. Then I hit him with my absolute favorite, Codependent No More by Mm -hmm. Melody Beattie. Because then they start, and and the beauty is when they start reading that and they look at it and they're like, oh my God, I do those things. Oh my God, I need, I think maybe I need some help too. And so it's not about me coming down on top of them and saying, you need help. You need, you need to go to therapy. You need to go to meetings. You need, you're the problem. It's like, no, 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 no. Uh The whole family system is struggling. And so let's heal everybody. That makes a lot of sense. And, and if you're just joining us live or in the replay or anywhere else on YouTube or any other platform we post on, you're now a part of the Chronic Hope podcast, which is, which is a podcast dedicated to family members who are parenting an addicted child. And just like Kev said either, this doesn't matter if your kid's 14, 24, 34, 54, or 64. If it's a child in your life and you're having a hard time creating boundaries or figuring out how to get themselves and yourself the appropriate help through treatment, then you're at the right place. And today we're talking about how do I support my family members recovery? Cause it's not as easy as just sending somebody to treatment, letting them get fixed and then sending them back. And then everything's awesome. So yeah. we talked about getting into your own recovery. Kevin talked about how important that was. We talked about creating boundaries and changing some family dynamics. Let's talk about this word that people don't love, but explain it to people about therapy, individual therapy and family therapy and and why you think it's so important. Yes. Yeah, you're right. And they, they really don't because you know, the the perspective is always like, well, I don't have a problem. Mm -hmm. He has a problem. Why do I got to go to therapy? Why do I got to go to a meeting? Why do I got to go to the the, the family meeting? And And without outing anyone specifically, talk about some of the traditional problems that families have. Sure, sure, sure. Well, what ends up happening, you know, is that when you have someone who's an addict in the house, the entire family has to bend to accommodate them. And, yeah. and, and, and that tends to start early, early on. And it's probably been, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years, or maybe even generations of having an addict in the house and the entire family kind of bending to, to make things better, to keep secrets, to accommodate, to sort of keep things pushed along those lines. And so, we have to change that system, you know? We have to change, and how do we change that? Okay, well, we do the education with the books and the videos, Mm -hmm. but then we also do some therapy, and we do some therapy with folks as a family, and we can do some therapy with folks individually, because remember, happy families come from happy individuals. Happy individuals work on their stuff. So if we can individually take a look at this and take responsibility for, Oh my God. Yeah, no, I totally get it. I was definitely covering for my brother. I was covering for my wife. I was covering for my dad. 
ah, I see how I was playing into it. Here's the important thing to remember. You are not responsible for the other person's addiction. You are responsible for how you respond to it. That's the key ingredient. And when I can get people to look at that and say, look, I'm not saying you created a monster because that's not the deal. I'm saying there is a monster and we got to talk about how we're dealing with that monster and, and we can tame that situation and help the family member. By the way, nobody's a monster. Don't get over, don't get over sensitive on me. You know, we just, we have to deal with the situation or the, the you know, well, the circumstance feels like a monstrous circumstance. This yeah. is this is trauma. This is emergency. Lots yeah. of times when we get to that point where someone enters treatment, things have been out of whack and hurting the entire family unit for some time. Yeah. Well, you know, the therapy world, people get super sensitive about topics and labels and yeah. and you know, and so I wasn't I wasn't labeling anyone a monster. I was just yeah. saying like it's a monster situation. So that's why the therapy is so important because yeah. what it does is it makes everybody address their the role that they played in the entire opera, you know, mm -hmm. and yeah. Yeah, and Kevin, as a, as a former addict, somebody that you self-proclaimed, put your family through a living hell, how vindictive and how were you with your family? Would you do just about anything to get what you wanted or how was that? Let's talk about the addict and their mentality. They love their family members, but will they use emotions, love, <laughs> the fear of losing them to get what they want? Absolutely, absolutely, mm -hmm. because that's been the family system, right? Is that I've, I've, that's the other thing is that the addict has learned that if I play this card, yeah. I will get this response. And the addict has also learned that within the family members, who's going to respond, you know? Totally. So maybe, maybe mom is the one that's going to cave in when I call her and tell her how, you know, it's not fair. All the other guys are getting massages and treatment and I'm not because I don't have any money and da 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 da, da and it's not fair where dad's going to be like, I didn't send you to treatment to get massages. I could care less, you know, mm -hmm. but we know mom's going to slide a couple of bucks on the side, you know, yeah. because that's the family system. Right. And so the addict is going to, is, has always learned how to play the game, you know, and who to push. And so in the individual therapy and the family therapy for the family, I want to help them learn how to resist that and stand up to that and say, mm -hmm you know, wow, I really hear what you're saying. Oh, that must be really tough that everybody else gets to have a massage and you don't. But, you know, we did send you some money. You just chose to spend it on cigarettes and, you know, candy bars. So, you know, I'm sorry, um, but that's just, that's reality. And yeah, that, that takes coaching. You know, that takes oh, family coaching. It yeah. comes out of your mouth so easy, right? But to somebody that's in the heat of it right now, that's almost impossible. It's it's your your loved one. It's your son. It's your daughter. It's it's somebody that at the end of the day, the biggest fear you have is they're going to die, yeah. and that's a powerful emotion. And but what you need to understand, and what Kevin and what we see in this industry all the time is that's what addicts do. They're going to play on your deepest fears, your strongest emotion, and that's why, mom. There's nothing wrong with you, but that's why you're you're going to slip some money. I mean, you don't want to see that happen to your son or daughter. And we're not saying there's anything wrong with that. But in the heat of addiction, in the heat of the moment where the, oh, that money is going to drugs and alcohol, there is something wrong with that, right? Yeah. Hey, we got a comment. Let's see. Love it. And, it, and it's from it's from my old friend, Scott Benton, who I went to high school with and then yeah. went to college with. And actually, let me tell you a little something about my buddy, Scott. We call him Scooter. I did a podcast in 2017. It was my first interview. Mm -hmm. And he heard the story and he called me up and said, hey, man, um, you need to write a book. 
Oh, wow. The beginning of the book idea, huh? Yeah. He was the one that, it, that Scooter's my guy. Um, yeah. So let's see. In addition to figuring out who the family will respond favorably to their needs, how are addicts responding to friends and employee employers to satisfy those needs? Ooh. Oh, see, look, he's really sharp. Um, he is sharp. That's a great question. Thank you for that, Scott. Yeah. So yeah, how, but, how do addicts respond to the friends and employees to satisfy those needs? And what are the consequences? Well, and they do the exact same thing that they do to the family members. They know they know who has the soft touch. They know who the weak link is. Now, I want to be clear with you. Like we were talking about the whole conversation about monsters and everything. Mm -hmm. Addicts are not bad people. You know, I, I love that. I mean, I'm an addict. I'm, by the way, I, we don't use the term former addict. I'm an addict. I'm always going to be an addict. You know, I'm, but I'm a sober, I'm a clean addict, you know. Um, they always know uh, who the person is that's going to cave because they've made a career out of finding out who that person is and who the, who's going to cave, you know. And, and that doesn't make them a bad person. No. What it makes them is, is a product of the system. So they've learned in order to get my addict needs met, I got to do this, 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 and this. And I got to behave like this. I got to go here. I got to push here. I got to get this, you know? And so that, that again, reinforces the topic question of how do I support my, my family members recovery by getting into your own recovery so that we don't go back to that old system. Yeah. You know, that old system of, you know, the passive aggressive manipulation behind the back, the triangulation, we're going to break that system, mm -hmm. but that requires the whole family to participate, not just the individual. One of the biggest myths in the treatment industry, Kev, is totally that you send your, your loved one to treatment for 30 days and then they come back fixed. Exactly. 30, 60, 90, whatever. Yeah. Because I always say it's like, you know, you buy a TV at Costco and it stops working. So people just take it back to Costco and they're like, great, where's my new TV? You know, mm -hmm. and that's kind of what they think when it comes to treatment. And Unfortunately, that's not how it works. What, what ends up happening is, yes, they go to, someone goes to treatment and, and comes out clean and sober and having learned new life skills and learned a new way of life, but we can't put them back into the same environment and expect different results. Yeah. You know, it's that old adage, right? You know, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Yeah. The whole family system has to change in order for us to create an environment where everybody's going to be healthy. Yeah. Not, not just the addict, everybody's got to get healthy. And, and as an independent treatment consultant, consultant, your job is to essentially go out, find vetted programs, vetted treatment centers, because you know how important this family aspect is. So anybody that finds you either before, during, or after treatment, you give them independent advice on where to go, why to go, what programs might be the bet, best fit for their son, daughter, or loved one. And you always recommend programs that have some sort of family dynamic, because one of the third things that we're going to talk about today is you encourage if your family member is in treatment people need to attend family weekends and attend family meetings and talk about why that's so important to supporting your family member in recovery absolutely and that thank you it's a great question great lead-in yeah. it is so critical because i mean i believe i won't recommend a treatment center that doesn't have an established family program and an established family engagement you know um and that starts with uh, like a weekly meeting, you know, a weekly phone in session or Zoom session where all the families and a lot of time alumni families and it's led by a therapist. They call in and they just talk about 
what it's like to be the family member of an addict. What's it like to have somebody in treatment? What's it like to have dad in treatment? What's it like to have mom in treatment? What do, hey, we're getting close to them coming home. What do we do? How do we work on this? Right. And, and what you do, it, does, it accomplishes a couple of things. The first thing it accomplishes is helping people understand they're not alone. You know, there's people just like me dealing with this exact same situation. And those people are willing to share their experience, strength and hope and offer help, you know? And, and that's, that's the first thing that it does too, is it makes the family feel better. It makes them realize, oh, okay, okay, I get it. You know, we're not, you know, we didn't get, you know, we weren't so, so, uh, you know, out to lunch. We did, we, you know, we didn't miss all the signs we had. Th this is a freight train that comes out of nowhere, you know? And, and it, so that's the family. Generally there's like a family meeting every week. Most places have a monthly or bi-monthly family weekend Obviously, right now they're all uh, on online or virtual. Right now, being COVID nineteen. Exactly. Sorry, here at September eleventh, two thousand twenty, um, and so I think it's critical to attend those family weekends because they do a lot of great psychoeducation, a lot of psycho experiencing, and have a lot of back and forth conversation between the folks in treatment. Let me, the, let me be the dumb one for a second, because I know before I came into this industry, psychoeducation, like you got to explain that. Okay, sorry. Psychoeducation is kind of what I was doing before. Read yeah. this book. Watch this movie. Yeah. It's, it's education for the purpose of understanding what's going on in the system. Yeah, yeah sorry. And, uh, and then, you know, that's psychoeducation. Yeah. And good one. Sometimes the word psycho, you know, if you're from the general population, you're just like <laughs> psychotherapy, it's, you know, it's good to break it down. It's not as intimidating as it sounds. I understand. That makes perfect sense. Thank you for, uh, for making me clarify. Um, so, yeah, so, we've, we're, so we're reading and we're watching movies. We're doing our own individual therapy to talk about what's it yeah. like, what's, how's it, what's it feel, you know, what are my feelings about what's going on? Because, remember, everything has always been about the addict. The whole family is centered around the addict and the drama and the crisis and the, the reactivity of the addict. Yeah. And now they're gone. And now it's a chance for the family members to be like, hey, I need to take care of me. I, I, I got to deal with me, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and, and once they can grasp that, that it's okay for them to take care of them, then they can start to flourish, you know. And, and that, that's how we change the family system. And then going to the family weekend and the family meetings reinforce that. And you build up your network. It's mm -hmm. it's literally the same thing that's going on with your with your addict in treatment. And, and why it's so important is if you're the if you're the loved one, the dad, the mom, the uncle, the aunt, the grandma, whoever it is that's been doing what we said earlier in this podcast, covering for the addict, making up stories, figuring out how they don't get in trouble, all of these things. Then what you have to understand is you've likely been in a bubble. You've likely been dealing with this on your own, dealing with this alone, not being able to open up and talk to people. What's so great about these family weekends and these family meetings, um, not just the one-on-ones, but when there's a bunch of families there, you end up not feeling so alone. The way you feel right now, maybe if you're watching this, like, I don't know if I can do this. I'm so embarrassed. And, and don't be embarrassed that you're embarrassed. It's a natural emotion that you're feeling, you're angry, you're mad, you're upset, whatever emotion that is, it feels good when you get in front of other people who are either in that current emotion right now, or they're a year removed from that current emotion. And they're going to say, Hey, I've been there. And, you know, let me share a few things that I've done to help me. And you start feeling less in that bubble, less victimized, and you start to build a community, right, Kev? Absolutely. No questions asked. Yep. You bet. 
That's exactly the situation. And yeah. and it, it it's always nice to know that you have someone else that you can talk to that's going through the exact same thing, you know? And then here's the big irony is that once people start to get more comfortable with this, they start to realize that the guy that they sit next to at work or yeah. the person that's across the street from them in the neighborhood, mm -hmm. same thing. Everybody's dealing with the same thing, yeah. you know? You always make that joke. It's it's not literally like states away. It's literally streets away. Oh, if that. Yeah, if that. Um, yeah. And we, we don't say that lightly, but that's just how bad this disease has affected America, the world. Oh, no, 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 no. It's universal. It's head to toe. 72,000 overdose death la deaths last year. This is an important topic. Oh, it's critical. It's, it's, uh -huh. it's, it's life and death, you know? Yeah, and I love that. When we first started working together and, and decided this podcast, that was the very – one of the very first things you said, this is life and death for yeah. people. This is life and death for families. This isn't just let's go learn a little bit and become a better human. At the end of the day, most of these people you work with, this is life and death at that moment. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, Scott's got a question. He says, how much resistance do you find when you encounter when families are confronted with the opportunity to enter together into a family therapeutic program? Does it take a lot of work to get the participants involved? So does it take a lot of work to get the family to the point where you're saying you need to engage in this? Yes. So here's the funny thing. In the in the in the, your typical family, uh -huh. you know, what you let's say you got a couple of parents and maybe a couple of siblings. I guarantee you one of those people wants help. You know, one of them is willing. So, so what I do is kind of, I offer it up to everybody. Hey, you know, mom, dad, brother, sister, husband, wife, whatever, uh, or child, whatever. Um, I say, Hey, um, I think we should meet weekly while your person's in treatment. I'd like to start doing, you know, read the codependent no more, read my book. Let's start talking about this. And inevitably one person in the family does all the homework and shows up regularly. And so, that's my advocate. That's my internal, you know, that's my inside person. And I can get them to start talking the talk and walking the walk. And that infiltrates back into the family. And, and what ends up happening, I just had this happen the other day where one of the, the, the parents are divorced and the kids and the, the adult child is in treatment. And one of the parents is like, you know, he tries that with me, but I don't respond to it because I've been working with Kevin for three months. And the other parent was like, yeah, I think I need to catch up because that stuff's still getting to me, you know? That's and and so does everybody just show up and be like, yay, this is going to be great. No, that's not what happens. Mm -hmm. um, but generally, I, if I can do it one person at a time or a couple people at a time, and then everybody comes to the table and then all of a sudden we create change. Great question. And understanding that this is life or death and we need to treat it like it's life or death. Yeah. Uh, we don't want you to lose your loved one. That's what we don't want. That's why we exist. That's why we're going live. That's why you're going to hear this podcast later. This content is here to not make you feel so alone, to make you get to the point where you're educated enough when you do finally reach out to somebody like Kevin who can help you find the right treatment center and help you along the process so that you don't feel like you're going at it alone. Uh, when that time comes, you'll be ready. Um, so this, today was a great episode. Today kind of wrapped up supporting my family member during recovery. Uh, we hope you enjoy the content. You know, one thing I like to share is we did a great episode, episode number five, uh, with Jordan Hamilton and Josh Miller of The Choice House. And that was basically a podcast where the three of you talked about the days when you were deep in your addiction and what you did to 
just manipulate your families and just, you know, the, the things you, we get, we kind of give a behind the scenes view of what that addict's thinking. I don't not love you, mom, but I'm going to say this to get what I need out of you. And you guys all admitted you do whatever it took. You'd say whatever you had to say at the end of the day to get what you needed. Absolutely. That is a great podcast. And that mm -hmm. those guys are awesome. And, and uh, I think all our podcasts are awesome, to be honest yeah. with you. Uh, I've been getting a lot of great response from the one with Holly last time. Oh, I love yeah. it. Yeah, that was the benefits of women specific treatment. So we do our best to come up with content that's valuable for you. If you have content ideas or questions, we're going to be going through a list of 10 questions over the next probably 10 months of people that uh, questions that get asked all the time from family members. But if you have an individual question, we'd love to engage with you after the fact, whether you're watching this in your live or you're actually catching this in the replay, we monitor comments. If you put something in the comments, we're going to reply to you. Likely Kevin is going to reply to you with some help and some needed advice. Um, and as always, you can visit us over at YouTube and find all of our content at the Chronic Hope Institute. Uh, this is a channel that's dedicated to helping families through chronic hope, loving their loved ones to death. And this is where all of our podcasts are located so that you can go back and view something that could be valuable to you. Or you're in a position where you want to learn. Well, there's content here that is about you, the person parenting the addicted child. Yep. So, Kevin, any last final thoughts today? I just think it's really important for families to understand, you know, they're not responsible for their addict's addiction, they are responsible for how they respond to it. And they're also responsible for helping to heal the entire family. And I, I, I wanna make that really clear. A lot of times families come into this and they're like, I don't, I'm not the one with the problem. I don't, I'm like, you know, you're right. The, the addiction is being handled elsewhere, but it turns out that there's, the addiction has created a family system and we gotta change the family system. I love it. So subscribe to our YouTube channel, like the page for more upcoming podcasts. Kev, thanks for the information today. We really appreciate you sharing all of this information. If you're feeling so inclined that you want to dive right into, into what's going on and the work that needs to be done, look down there in the bottom corner under Kev. That's the book on Parenting the Addicted Child, Chronic Hope. It's available on Amazon. You can search it and you can get started on your recovery today. So thanks for your time today again, Kevin, and we'll see you in a month. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, Danny. Have a great day, buddy. Bye-bye, right, everybody.